in a new episode of the V Superheroes. Hi, Fredericks. Hi, Stan. How's life? Uh, rainy. Rainy. It's uh, it's no longer snowy or frozen. It's already uh, jumping ahead in temperature, which is good. Uh, but the sun is not shining, which is meh, bad. So, uh, and uh, I just prior to the call, I heard that uh, we all get our haircuts. So that's also good in these uh, in these days. Uh, so, uh, and then uh, <laughs> um, we have one uh, guest on the podcast as well. Um, hi, Martin. Good morning. Good morning. Um, so um, the top the topic of today um, will be uh, demo environments or let's say home builds, homegrown uh, test environments. Um, and I think it's a very interesting um, topic for uh, the, the geeks, the nerds, the testers out there. Um, so uh, we invited Martin um, because he uh, recently uh, bought some kit um, at home. Um, but I don't want to, we will get into the, the kit later on. Uh, but uh, Martin, you had another solution prior to this solution um, where, you, um, yeah, where you were doing some, uh, some testing on. So um, tell us all about it. Yeah, uh, thanks, Dan. Uh, before I um, bought or introduce yourself, maybe. Oh, yeah, that's I also might a good one. Do that. Um, good morning. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Marta van Driessen. Um, I'm an, uh, a freelance uh, VMware consultant. Um, since yeah, ten years in in the business right now, uh, and freelancer for yeah, just over a year. Um, before um, I started doing uh, freelance work, I was a, a regular system engineer. Um, and the need for testing is something that's consistent across all fields or across all roles. Um, so before actually buying my new lab, um, I either had access to a lab at work um, or I was using some cloud services. Um, back in the day, there was a Ravello from uh, when they were still doing vXpert things. Um, that's when I started getting into labbing. Um, it was easy, it was cheap. Uh, free actually um, that's the cheapest you can get <laughs> that's the cheapest you can get yeah exactly um afterwards I, I had access to a quite quite a good lab at, at work so i didn't really have a need for any home lab kind of things um but when i changed roles i um yeah i started missing that i no longer had access to a lab so that's when i started looking into um other cloud services like uh, ovh or hetzner um they they rent servers to you for um, yeah any price that you want. Uh, you've got some for $50 a month or euros a month up to a couple thousand a month, uh, all based on your needs. So I had one really basic, some local storage, some memory, some, um, some compute. It wasn't really all that much. Um, but yeah, it was easy. It was cheap. It got me going again. Uh, started labbing, started doing uh, some box with it. Um, which is one of the main reasons uh, I use a, I use a lab. What, what were your uh, your requirements, Martin? What, what, what was your uh, need for a demo environment or a lab environment? Uh, back in the day, uh, back in the day when I uh, actually did the OVH lab, uh, the requirements were pretty basic. So that's why I, I went that route. Um, I just wanted to test some uh, some stuff. I wanted to break things uh, that I didn't really want to do in production because um, that's apparently not a very good idea um <clears throat> and what i <laughs> what i wanted to do is is actually test drive some new technology so i i was looking into exploring some nsx or um some vra kind of things so that's when i, I started playing around with uh, with those things but 
I discovered quickly that um, I wasn't able to do everything um, inside of that thing. Um, I was running nested, so performance testing was kind of a challenge because you're running with that nested virtualization um, performance hit. So that's why my requirements changed, and I started to do it the uh, the I started to make a new design, the VCDX way, because um, I have some ambitions of uh, perhaps doing that someday. So I wrote down a whole a whole design page, ten pages long, for my new home lab um, with some more requirements and constraints, etc. Um, that's what got me going into this new lab. Hey, and uh, Frederick, I know um, you have um, some uh, a lab for the, everything that is to do with networking and and security. Um, did you have the same requirements? And what what because you also have a home lab, um, so um, wondering if uh, your requirements were similar and uh, if the cloud was not sufficient for you. Good question. The the, the thing with the cloud and me is I, I don't like to be dependent especially for a lab environment that's something i want to you know at a certain given time just give it a kick and it needs to die and then i need to build it up see where it went wrong or unplug a cable and then and simulate that that kind of behavior and that's not always something you can do in in the cloud i'm i'm afraid so i i think and and i'll let martin continue of course but i think i took a separate approach in in that i just bought my hardware as cheap as I could find, so refurbished, obviously. Um, and then I installed a, yeah, a mini vSphere environment and then I worked with that. Yeah, was the, uh, the challenge I had is co consolidated this, uh, con yeah, so VMware in VMware, basically. Yeah? Um, virtualization within VM, virtualization is, is fine for functional testing, but I also had the requirement that it needed to plug into a physical switch or mm -hmm. at least sit behind a physical router and, and do some BGP or OSPF stuff and, 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 and whatnot, which is not always easy to find in, in, in a cloud or in a, you know, in a fixed environment. Yeah, okay. And then the, <clears throat> the other funding, because you also, yeah, you're, you're basically running ahead of the, of the, of the wave with uh, the solutions you're, uh, you're, uh, you're selling or, or positioning into the market. Uh, most of the solutions that, uh, that, that you are now at this moment uh, um, selling or uh, yeah, going with, uh, with, with solutions to our, our customers are also cloud-based. So wondering what your approach is on this, uh, on this. I don't have the same requirements like Martin and Frederick on, on that end. I don't have to have uh, something on-prem. Uh, I use the platform. So I start from a platform approach. Does that mean that I don't have anything physical on my side? Yes, I do, mm -hmm. but I'm from end user computing. So I have physical devices. I have Windows uh, laptops in my, in my closet behind me. I have some uh, mobile devices, so Android, iOS, and those kind of devices. And that these are the things that I try to run with. And then I have two purposes uh, or, or two things that I want to do. Uh, first of all, it's just demo. And then I use a standard demo environment. And most of the times, the, the scripts that are built in, in test drive are good enough to show something. Um, and then I have a second environment, that's the sandbox environment, where I can do my own stuff. And the moment that I use that environment, it's mostly because the customer is using a small port, uh, proof of concept or, or a specific demo that I want to show that behavior in that environment with that type of device. So nine out of the 10 test drive is enough for me. 
and maybe for the for the listeners because maybe not everybody knows test drive what is test drive uh-huh. uh, test drive is uh, is vmware's own uh, demo and demo environment uh, where customers partners can uh, make use of so they if they have uh, if they know somebody from vmware uh, vmware can create an account for them and they can try out things so they can do the demo environment so that's pre-scripted um, guides that you can follow uh, to enroll a device to have a look and feel on how it looks like uh, if you would use that that solution and the second part is a sandbox environment where you can play around and try to break stuff like martin and frederick try to do in their own and on-prem environment so that's uh, in a nutshell that's test drive test drive um was founded mainly focused on uh, end user computing products or, or portfolio on that part, but it's already uh, broadened the scope. Uh, so you can have some. Uh, uh, VSAN in there as well, I uh, think. VSAN in there, uh, some uh, Horizon, of course, uh, some uh, PKS uh, also. So there, there are a couple of things that you can try out there. And the, uh, <clears throat> the test drive, what is it? Maybe uh, it's it's a it's a newbie question, but interesting because uh, uh, at at VMworld we have uh, hands-on labs. Is it way different? Is it uh, way more flexible or less scripted? Or what, what what is the difference between that? Because it's also a demo environment where we could uh, potentially play. Yeah, uh, hands-on labs is mainly focused on on spinning up certain things, and it's a really controlled environment. It's an hour just to run uh, something on an hour and a half that you get a lab and that you can try something with. Uh, with a test drive. That environment is always up and running. It's the demo environment is quite locked down. So you get a user and, and so on, and you get an enrollment user for your devices. But you can enroll in that environment then. In a hands-on labs, after an hour and a half, your environment is gone. So the test driver environment is there to stay. And you can retry numerous times. Right. Yeah. So that, 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 that's the, that's a real differentiation between the hands-on labs and then test drive, um, which is then more uh, it's it's there to stay and you can break stuff. You can really break stuff uh, without uh, without uh, running into scripts and, uh, and and limits there. I think uh, which is which is good. I haven't used the, the test drive yet. Uh, I need to admit, but um, can you build anything or is it like template driven? Is is it use case per use case or so? What? For the end user computer portfolio, it's um, so you have the demo and then you cannot really build anything. So that's really guided scripts. It's like a little bit of hands-on lab. So you get, for example, the experience that you would have with an iOS device. And then uh, when you enroll that iOS device, you follow a script and you see how uh, this is how my workspace one access looks like. These are the policies that were being pushed down and you cannot change those policies. So that's demo environment. That is already pre-configured by VMware people. Yeah, so so it's you, great for a demo. It's not really yeah. great for educational for, purposes where you need to no, uh, step away from the beaten path. Yeah. That's why yeah. I said the sandbox environment is is more that approach. So when you enroll in test drive, you have your demo environment. That's a pre-scripted uh, environment that you cannot change anything on. But you also get a sandbox environment, and that's like you would ask for a trial uh, SaaS uh, platform, and you get that environment. And you can play around with it. So you can create your own usage. You can connect it to your own AD. You can connect it to Okta. You can connect it to uh, Salesforce if you want. You can do anything with that. And then you can start playing around. And that's what you probably are more looking for. Yeah, uh, uh, indeed, indeed. I'll, I'll take a look at it. It yeah. sounds good. 
Perfect. Uh, and then maybe the, the the sandbox, Frederick. That is the a sandbox that is that VMware is um, is giving us, right? As an uh, as an as an employee, yeah? that's the one you're talking about. Uh, indeed. So that sandbox environment is an environment that you get as an employee. You get full access, and you they keep that sandbox. Uh, the only thing that you need to be aware of is sometimes they throw away the sandbox after a year. So uh, if you have some configuration in there, uh, try to uh, make sure that you export certain files. Um, and the sandbox is, is part of our SaaS environment. So it's, it's totally like you would act for a trial. The only big difference, like for a customer, uh, what I sometimes say, if you want to do a proof of concept and you want, co- want to go into a pilot and then production, don't do that with the sandbox environment because we cannot uh, convert those from uh, that sandbox environment pilot. to a production environment. But it's, and uh... you need a trial. <laughs> The uh, and also from what I remember as an SE, the sandbox environment is not always that fast either. If you uh, if you really want to spin up something fast, it uh, it could take a while. Not sure if that's uh, if that evolved. No, and that, uh, but and that uh, end, that end sandbox environment for us, it's our SaaS platform. So it's it's really part of that that uh, SaaS platform that we already offer to our customers. So it's mm-hmm. next to a trial environment, perhaps yeah. without us knowing because it's multi tenancy, yeah. but. Uh, you will not see that, but it, it's like a normal environment. Yeah. So when uh, <clears throat> getting getting back maybe to uh, to Frederick and uh, and and Martin, because uh, uh, from uh, what we've heard now is uh, Hansel Labs very uh, limited than the, uh, the 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 sandbox and the, the more the platform. Um, that's things we don't need really need to think about. Uh, you guys needed to think about your uh, your environment, your lab um, uh, infrastructure. Maybe let's start let's start there, the infrastructure layer, and then we can go up uh, into the more design part. So, um, from an infrastructure point of view, what 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 were the, the the things you you took into account, and what was the info? Because I'm assuming assuming that you didn't reinvent the wheel uh, and that you uh, read some of the of of, of the blogs and uh, things that are out there. Um, so, what what were for you the most important uh, pieces of information um, that you could find for a demo platform environment yeah, or infrastructure um, environment? The, the usual suspects um, come into play here. Um, William Lamb's got a, a great um, consolidated list of. Um, all home labs um, that people have submitted. I think there's over a hundred already now. So um, yeah, people can submit their their build uh, over there, uh, including the cost, uh, what they're using it for. So if you if you get that into an Excel, you can quickly filter down to to whatever you want basically i even um, see i even saw a, a git last week i think yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Is, is that the one you're talking that's about that's the as one well? i'm talking about okay. yeah, yeah yeah um so that's that's one i i looked at um but when i started looking into things i was like oh yeah this kit looks great and oh that might uh, suit my needs and i was looking more into the kit um, than actually thinking about what i needed so that's when i took a step back and, and actually got started with the design process um, and I, I just wrote down all my requirements, uh, functional, non-functional. Uh, it was at the same time I was building my, uh, my, uh, design, uh, session for the VMAC, uh, together with Jens. Um, so it was a good preparation, uh, exercise as well. Um, so from a design point of view, all my requirements, they were pretty, yeah, straightforward, pretty easy. Um, cause it's a home lab, it's not an enterprise environment, but I still needed some, 
some performance and I wanted to, to try out stuff in the future that I didn't want to try out now. So I wanted to have support for graphical um, acceleration because uh, I might want to try some DTM stuff or I might want to try some AI stuff later on. Um, and I wanted enough room to expand. Um, it was also around the time that the, the SmartNICs were, uh, were announced uh, at VMworld. So that also triggered me to provide enough space to, to keep upgrading um, based on my the needs. Love. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Same for you, Frederick? Well, I'm, I'm very curious now what Martin has invested in, especially when he talked, started talking about SmartNICs and, and the room he has uh, available for that. Yeah. Or maybe we shouldn't go into the cost. It, it's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that bad, but it's no longer three figures. <laughs> well, my, my requirements were, were not... Uh, so the, the way I approached this was not by having a design in mind. I just wanted a couple of vSphere servers and then see what I could do, basically. Um, I know where I wanted to end up at some point. You know, I wanted a, a, a multi-tiered application... Uh, running over different virtual switches, being routed, being micro-segmented, being load-balanced, and, and I wanted to, you know, install and configure all of that. Not with an end goal in, in mind, because my lab is something... Actually, my, my lab is, is powered by a single button. Um, so I boot up my lab, and then everything starts, and when I'm done with it, I, I power it down completely. So it's, it's not running all the time. Um, I don't have infinite power here uh, at home. And those are all those typical pizza boxes and they, they take up quite a lot of uh, uh, electricity. So uh, no, with, with no clear design in mind, I, I just installed vSphere on a couple of physical servers, um, installed uh, vCenter, obviously, to, to manage them as a whole, uh, installed NSX on top of that, and then just started deploying stuff and, and, and see where where and what I could do and what limitations typical customers will hit in, in, in that in that kind of approach. So no no real design uh, uh, in mind. The, the, the one thing uh, on, on the topic we discussed earlier, another issue that steered me away from the cloud is I, I do a lot of uh, security testing as well. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of Kali, Kali Linux. And then I want to attack my environment from, from a, a malware or in, intrusion prevention detection uh, approach. And that's typically not the freedom you have on, on a cloud. I, I once installed um, a, a Kali in an AWS uh, environment, uh, yeah, in, my, in my own VPC. And after my first port scan, I was already banned. So that, that's not uh, the way to play. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I want to do it locally, basically. So no design. And, and uh, Martin, uh, because you you um, you said uh, I made a design functional, non-functional. Um, yeah, then and, and you wrote ten pages. I I'm hoping it's not a poem you wrote. So uh, I'm hoping it's something functional you wrote there. So uh, what what was in there? Um, there was a, a couple things. Uh, there was um, yeah, I, I wanted. Since it's still a home lab, I, I did want it to be relatively silent because um, it's in my basement and between the basement and my hall, there's just some a bit of plywood. So it's very noticeable if you've got some high-pitched fans going on. Um, I, As Frederick said, I don't have unlimited power here and I actually have to pay for that. So I didn't want something that's too power hungry or um, old or um, has a, a very high... Um, yeah, peak power usage or whatever you want. Um, 
And since it's going to be running 24-7, I did look into something low power-ish, uh, which is why I went AMD Epic, AMD Epic um, since they usually use less power than, uh, than the new uh, Intel Xeon uh, chips. Um, I also also wanted to have NVMe drives uh, because I wanted the space that I did have left to be used for graphical cards or whatever instead of um, plugging it full of disks. Plus, that also gives me some performance that I can use to um, run nested virtualization within uh, reasonable performance um, constraints. Um, and as I said, it needed to be expandable. I, I don't want uh, to buy a new lab every two or three years. I just want to keep adding... Um, stuff to it um, yeah those are they, those were my main uh, functional requirements I did have some some other non-functional ones like uh, remote management was a must um, I needed to have uh, a set RPO and RTO uh, which is where my backup or uh, existing backup NAS comes uh, comes into place um, I wanted some security uh, added around it uh, I wanted to survive host failures you know the the usual usual stuff um, and of course there were also constraints because my wife still lives here as well. So, uh, wife acceptance factor, uh, is definitely a thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, being a freelancer, the, the cost part was, uh, was out of the way already. Um, but still budget wasn't unlimited. So I, I still needed to think about that. Um, and we were, we were discussing, um, when we talked a little bit through the through the topics we discussed today, um, where um, I said uh, go, going the the manual way, where Martin said, "Hey, uh, hold on a second, I automate uh, quite some stuff already." Um, I'm assuming that if you are setting up a environment and you break stuff from time to time, you are uh, yeah, there is a need to. Uh, you can't run it back all the time. I think you, from time to time, break it completely down, and then, uh, yeah, you need to re basically set up, set it up again. Um, what, what, what is the, what, what are, what are the steps that that, that you take, uh, and are they automated? That's uh, that's the, the the most important question here. I but haven't actually Martin, broken it. Before completely. Martin goes into the automation part, and he's probably going to explain also the way it should be done. <laughs> I'm just going to say I'm getting really fast in installing vSphere. <laughs> that's true and I'm, I'm also a proponent of doing it a couple times manually before you actually try to automate stuff because you have to know how everything works before you can automate it in a in a good way um that being said i don't actually um rebuild my physical environment because um what i'm what i have is a four node vsan cluster um and i i kind of treat that like production um at a customer so I, I don't really want to break it. If it breaks, I want to fix it. Um, I don't really want to throw that away. Um, what I do have automated or um, what I use automation for um, is creating nested environments where I want to test out a specific uh, version because I'm, I'm running vSphere 7 um, all the way. My customer still uses 6.5 and 6.7. So if you want to test some, some stuff in there, just spin up a nested lab, try that out, and then throw it away. That, that's where the automation comes into play more or less. Um, also setting up uh, new NSX edge nodes, et cetera, um, is something that I also uh, try to automate it because I've done that more than I'd like to admit already. Um, but yeah, that comes back to understanding how it works. Um, but yeah, I don't really like to rebuild my, my core lab uh, that much. 
Yeah, same for uh, you, Frederick? No, I'm definitely not in the same boat. Uh, <laughs> I, I have half of the capacity. I have only two physical servers with lots of memory, I, I might admit. But uh, when I kick it, I basically start from scratch. Because then, then I get stuff like... You, so just to give you some, some background, my hardware is... I, I bought my hardware five years ago. And at that point, it was probably already five years old. Uh, so by now it's 10 years old. It was refurbished uh, hardware. Uh, it's uh, Dell hardware. I don't know if we can do name dropping in this podcast, but who cares? Yeah, done. Uh, yeah, so. done. So, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for the warning. Um, uh, so re- refurbished, and I, I don't, from the top of my head, I, I don't know the, the, the revision or the, the version anymore. Um, but since I know I know you called me when you were when you were buying it. I was driving it on the Ring of Antwerp where you were asking me questions about Visa, and, uh, but I, yeah. in the end, I, I, I think you didn't do Visa. Uh, I know, if I... I know. In the end, I, I ended up with, with two notes, and I said, uh, uh, "Screw you, Visa! I have a synology here that'll work just fine." <laughs> no, no bad feelings about Visa, obviously, but that was not my main use case. Uh, so I, I only have, have two notes. And, and when I want to test something, I, I tear it down completely. And that's when I get stuff like um, my, my hardware is too old, so I can't install vSphere 7 anymore. And then you go on the internet and somebody found a way, because it's software in the end, somebody found a way around that, right? So you can install vSphere, but uh, just for all the listeners, it's definitely not supported uh, on, on, whole, on whole old hardware. And then come, then you need to install vSphere, uh, vCenter 7. Uh, and it, it works fine, but there's a reason it's not supported on that type of hardware. So you think, okay, I was better off with uh, 6.7. So you revert all of that back to 6.7. And then you have uh, half a day spent just doing vSphere uh, stuff. So no automation at all. However, everything on top of that, installing NSX is, is automated. That's a script. Uh, the edges is is a script. All all of that can be automated. So I'm not spending time building on the. So I do spend some time on the infrastructure, which is bad. I should not be spending time there. I, I should be doing what Martin is doing. Have have a fixed environment and and treat it as production, and then do you know nested environments on top of that. But I don't have that capacity uh, at at the moment to do it properly. Perhaps when I have a good year, uh, <laughs> who knows? I, I might invest in that. Yeah, that that's a good point you made that that you're running into unsupported um, territory, and that's something I wanted to avoid because I I want to spend the time that I have uh, in my lab, which is is limited, uh, actually doing the stuff that I want to instead of oh wait I need to get this and this and this sorted in my lab before actually I can actually go ahead and test what I wanted to test. So that that's also what drove me towards buying net new stuff instead of going the refurbished route. Yeah, and just just wondering, Martin, because you you said to have a four-node <clears throat> vSAN cluster. Um, I I remember seeing pictures from you. I think on Twitter or in WhatsApp. I'm not sure where it was, but um, the, when everything got delivered at home, so you bought um, basically um, you 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 searched for the right components and then brought everything together in your in your design uh, or in your uh, in your in your infrastructure. Um, how did you uh, approach that? Because that's also an, uh, an, an interesting one, I think. Uh, yeah, building it up was uh, was quite fun, actually. Uh, it, it was a long time since I actually built the computer. 
Um, so it was fun doing that again four times over. Um, but yeah, I, I just sought out every part that I wanted, that I needed, and then uh, it was assembly time. Um, I all already had some kind of small uh, iron shelf in the, in the basement. So that's where I put everything raised from the floor because we we'd sometimes get some uh, groundwater seeping through, which is kind of a bad thing <laughs> if you're hosting a lab. Um, but yeah, uh, I put everything in there. I, I uh, hooked everything up to my new switches and, uh, and that's when I, I got going. And the fun thing that I have is that those boards that I bought from uh, ASRock uh, have IPMI, so I don't actually need to go in the basement to, to get a everything installed um so yeah that was uh, it was a fun process i have to okay now, now i'm really uh, invested so my first lab was uh, asrock based as well as well and those were those server boards i don't remember i think it was uh, something with thousand in the in the name I, I can't remember what what the actual name was but everything was on the board the the and and fixed not you can't change anything it's just memory you can just only change the memory uh, the the graphical uh, the GPU was on the everything was on on the board, um, which also resulted in a very small form factor for for that server because the yeah I can't show it it's a podcast I can't show you how big it was but it, it so was bad, small. bad medium for showing yeah. but, uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it was small I think it was twenty centimeters by twenty centimeters or something uh, so a very small server um, and then they just broke on me. After a year, with, with in, in one week, two of the servers broke at the same time. Very strange. Uh, out of support, obviously, uh, with my luck. And and then I went to the uh, the, the refurbisher. But now I'm really interested where, where, where you ended up with, uh, or what you ended up with, Martin. Um, I ended up with um, just plain old ATX server boards. Um, that, that was one of my... my sort of requirements i want it to to be housed in a, a standard atx form factor i didn't want a rack mount because those uh, generate too much high-pitched noise um i also didn't want to have uh, a small form factor because that limits the expandability um so i just bought four um i think it was fractal design r5s uh, that i bought standard atx cases um and that's when I, I looked at okay what server boards are there in atx or in um, eatx or whatever fits in that case um so you end up with the two usual suspects supermicro and uh, asrock rack um but in the end for the md epic platform that i wanted the asrock boards um provided more options um that suited me than uh, than supermicro and in the end it was it was a good choice because i really love the ipmi that asrock has um, I can't say enough good things about it. It's it's really awesome. Is it one of the reasons you went with the server boards, or did you do the did you do your due diligence with traditional mother like gaming motherboards? I'm just gonna throw it out there. Did did you find out they did not have the same expandability or or? Uh, to be honest, I didn't really look at it because I wanted it to to represent what I would place um, at a customer, be it uh, if they if they have some custom builds uh, like I did, or if they have Dell, HP, whatever, any of the A-list uh, brands. Um, I wanted to have IPMI, and it's really hard to find a board with IPMI um, in the consumer um, no, section. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, plus, I wanted to run AP AMD Epic. Um, they do have uh, compatible boards in the gaming uh, sector, mainly for those uh, Threadripper uh, CPUs, but those lacked certain features that I wanted. So in the end, going the rack uh, the the server board mount uh, way was the the good choice. 
Yeah, I'm just yeah. Because there's, there's this thin line between a server environment and a gaming environment, and it's typically called the workstation environment, where people do a lot of, uh, you know, uh, re rendering and stuff uh, on on their work. On the yeah, it's called like that, eh? a workstation. So, but you did, at the end you didn't up end up with, with that. You went full server basically. Yeah, exactly. I, I did look at workstation boards um, when I when I hadn't really uh, decided on a CPU yet. Um, you've got some great um, workstation boards if you go the Intel route, um, but they all lacked IPMI, which is something that I I had in the past and I I kind of missed um, on on stuff that I built later on. Um, so I, I definitely wanted to keep that, especially if you're if you're at work or at a customer and you want to demo something and something breaks. Yeah, you kind of want to have to. I kind of want to reset that instead of having to drive back home or call my wife or uh, mm. whatever to to have it reset. So, uh, yeah, that was one of my main requirements to to have yeah. that capability. Just to give you an idea how far we are apart, uh, Martin, with your environment and my environment, I also have IPMI, but it, it does require me to use an old version of Internet Explorer and an old version of Java. Otherwise, I can't access it. Yeah, this, this new IPMI is uh, all HTML5, so uh, no complaints there. <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. <laughs> hey, uh, Martin, well, a question uh, also from my answer when we, uh, you said a couple of times already uh, the AMD Epic. And uh, one thing that you said was uh, power. Were there other requirements why you went into the uh, AMD uh, route? Um, yeah, power was one thing. Um, also, I am really familiar with um, Intel-based environments, not that familiar with AMD-based environments. In the end, it's just x86, so it shouldn't really matter that much, but you've mm -hmm. got some different um, switch configurations that you can use. Memory works in a different way. So it was kind of a, a fun exercise to design around an AMD platform instead of a, around an Intel platform because the memory controller works differently. Um, the, the CPU layout is differently, so uh, different. So you have to um, take that into account for uh, memory allocation, et cetera. Um, so yeah, it, it was a good exercise. Uh, plus, they were more cost cost effective as well, um, and yeah, faster also. So <laughs> ticked yeah. all the boxes. And then uh, maybe uh, because we're we're hitting somewhat the forty minute mark, I think at this moment. Um, for, for 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 the three of you because I don't have any demo environment because uh, I don't need it anymore at this at this point in time. So uh, I'm I'm off the hook for uh, to answering my own question. Um, <clears throat> what if um, uh, for the for the future usage of a lab, um, what what are the what are the fun projects um, you are looking at? And I want to start with with Frederick because we we didn't hear him um, for uh, for quite some time uh, already in the in the in the podcast. So Frederick, are there uh, future uh, projects you want to test out and you would use a lab? Uh, I do almost well on a weekly basis. I use my lab a lot. Um, the, the things that I would like to test is uh, I would like to have some Chromebooks. I would like to have some uh, some uh, new new hardware, but client hardware then to try out and, and to look how far we can go. Um, for example, what we also tell to our customers is the full new onboarding experience where we ship a, a laptop immediately to an end user. Uh, these are the things that we need to. I I I don't have a factory in my yard uh, to. Uh, you don't. Ship. No, I don't. I don't have a factory in my yard where I can ship laptops. But uh, we can uh, 
rebuild that process and, and do like a base of imaging uh, where we do already in factory provisioning. So these are the things that I would like to trust uh, to, to try out more and, and uh, give that experience and show that experience to customers. I must say, I got an uh, I got a new laptop. Uh, let's say just somewhere in the summer time frame from VMware, and uh, indeed it was uh, already shipped immediately to me. I just needed to give him my uh, my credentials, and it's auto enrolled uh, in Workspace One and stuff like that. Was which was pretty awesome to see. After forty minutes, I migrated my laptop uh, here in my home office without actually touching anything. It was just been done for me, which is kind of a nice user experience we get there. So uh, rock and roll. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then the uh, the other Frederick. <clears throat> I'm, I'm just looking to invest in, in raw power. Uh, I don't have the scale that uh, Martin has and I'm enticed to follow his lead here. Uh, so my next email is going to be towards you, Martin. I want uh, a bill of material. <laughs> and then based on the number that's below uh, of that bill of material, I think the follow-up email will be towards my lawyer, lawyer to see what's more cost-effective, <laughs> build out the lab or get a divorce. So, <laughs> the wife acceptance. Huh? Yes, let's <clears throat> figure that one out. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, and, 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 and no... <laughs> <laughs> so that there is a, there is a part of the answer, uh, Frederick. Uh, but no, but, but no VMware projects uh, now uh, on the older hardware. Uh. No, just you know, doing the the regular updates as far as I can. Uh, do some functional testing because a lot of features, and this is for another podcast, obviously. But another feature, all, all, always, we have a lot of new features in every NSX release. And, I, and I'm one of those uh, system engineers that wants to get its hands dirty before I start promoting everything, and that because I need to know how it works before I start talking about it. So that that's on the that's on the planning. But apart from that, no, nothing uh, nothing exotic. Okay. Um, and then uh, Martin, because uh, you're running already uh, vSphere seven, uh, which gives you some uh, some openings to test uh, all the fun and new stuff. So not sure if that's on the planning for you. Yeah, definitely. Those uh, that that VLCM thing was a was a fun one to play around with. Um, I'm also looking into um, getting Tanzu going uh, very soon because we've got some uh, some projects for that lining up. Um, but apart from that, I use it for for yeah anything that I, I want to promote. I'm learning NSX um, right now, um, so that's one of the main main things I'm doing uh, at the moment. And then, uh, yeah, getting into some Packer and DevOps, uh, DevOpsy stuff as well. So uh, a lot of things going on at the same time. I think uh, <clears throat> there are a couple of emails going from Frederick to Martin, from Martin to Frederick, because Frederick wants, to, Frederick wants to, uh, Martin wants to learn NSX, and Frederick wants to learn about uh, Martin's environment. So I think there is some uh, some some emails going back and forth between the two of you, uh, which is uh, which is good, I think. Yeah, yeah I, I was going to say so. Uh, you know this, Martin, but don't hesitate to ask any question. No, I will. <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> all right. Any uh, extras to add, guys? So, yeah, if you have some spare money lying around, is, <laughs> send it to uh, me. If you my, have my, Bitcoin, if people so assume that is because I'm a freelancer, but <laughs> 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 um, no, but I, I will still be uh, putting out a blog with uh, the full list, uh, uh, the full bill of materials. Um, you can. Yeah, scale it down instead of four nodes, go three nodes or two or one. Uh, there's enough power in one of the nodes to to get a nice nested lab going on. So, 
Frederik, maybe you have to contact the, the partner dropping that you did at a certain moment. You did a name drop of a certain partner. Maybe you have to contact them and, and the, 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 name oh, drop them. The both of so, you. And the both of you dropped yeah. drop names and then dropped some uh, some requests for sponsorship. I know Frederick was uh, was 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 trying to hook some Chromebooks uh, yeah. and then. Uh, you never know. <laughs> but if, if that's the way it works, so I want to just send my regards to you know Dell, Intel, <laughs> uh, VMware, obviously uh, Nvidia. <laughs> just tell me when to stop. <laughs> I'll, 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 we'll, we'll try to get uh, the podcast on somebody's desk or email box uh, at all those different partners. <laughs> Maybe we also have to mention some solar power and so on. Uh, yes. <laughs> I mean, we, we can we can just send an email to Elon Elon Musk uh, just yes. for uh, some. Uh, yeah. and and if he, if some he... bit, ask him some bitcoins. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Some bitcoins. Yeah. All right, cool guys. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, if there is nothing more to add, I think we could uh, we could conclude it here. Um, so uh, thanks, guys. Thanks, Martin, for uh, for uh, the transparency and the openness and the functional non functional requirements of your demo lab. I think it's very interesting interesting things to see or to hear um, um, what you guys are, are running and what the possibilities are. So uh, yeah, if anything in the future, Martin, you want to you wanna, uh, share with us, uh, feel free to uh, drop a mail to uh, Frederick uh, or the Fredericks myself. Um, if you want to share something, if you're further down the, the NSX route, uh, you are now learning, uh, feel free to, uh, to, to, to jump on the, on the podcast again. And, uh, and, and it's an open invitation to be, uh, to be on the podcast again. So, um, so thanks guys for, uh, for the time and thanks for sharing the stories, uh, for those who are listening, thank you very much for listening and hopefully we see you or hear you or, uh, you hear us next week and next month, uh, in the, in the podcast. So thank you very much. See you guys. Bye-bye. <laughs>